Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Our text for this morning's meditation is the first reading. Leadership. Thousands and thousands of books have been written about leadership. You can't go through any bookstore, if anyone goes to a bookstore anymore, or Amazon, and everyone has their leg up on leadership, either the leadership personality, the leadership style, or the big tips that you need. They'll even come to your organization and train you to be a leader. Well, in the world that I lived in the last 28 years, the United States Navy and the Marine Corps, I did learn a lot about leadership. My last 10 years were pretty much serving as a chaplain with the Marines, and I constantly was amazed about the leadership that was displayed at all ranks and levels in garrison and in combat. Leadership is not something that is just a concept, it's something to be bantered about at colleges, universities, seminaries, in the church or organizations. It is a reality. There are always leaders, but they may not always be good leaders. Good or bad, there are leaders. The Marine Corps has always raised up leaders, and that is probably the best example for me personally. Time and time again, you will see how these warriors will follow their leaders into combat, into the most insurmountable odds and challenges that will most likely lead to their death or injury, but they go forward, follow their leader. Perhaps one of the most famous quotes is from Gunny Sergeant Dan Daly, who says, Come on, you blankety-blank, do you want to live forever? And they charge a machine gun in the Battle of Bellaloo in World War I. Now, there are different kinds of leadership. But in our text, Paul is sort of like the Dan Daly. He gathers his pastors from Ephesus together. He calls the flock, he rounds up the troops, and gives them some instruction on leadership and pastoral care. First, he says as a Marine would say, be technically and tactically proficient and set the example. Know your history, know your traditions, know those who have gone before you. And at the end of the day, Paul reminds them of all the things that he did while he was their pastor, how he served them. He was a humble servant leader. He walked the talk. He would never ask his pastors to do something that he would not do. Preach the word, he says, the entire counsel of God, in season and out of season. Paul did not shrink from preaching and teaching in public or house to house in private the gospel of Jesus Christ. Despite the threats to his life and plots of his enemies, despite the pain, the tears, the shaming, he preached repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, law and gospel. And then as a good Marine, Paul says, know your mission. Know your commander's guidance, intent, orders. And Paul says his orders from God are testify both to the Jews and to the Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. To testify to the gospel of the grace of God, our text says, and to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood to share the love of God in Christ Jesus with all those in our community and those with whom we come into contact, then proclaim in word and deed that salvation has come to us by the grace of God for Christ's sake through faith. 
Know your mission. Know God's mission. And then he says, know your people. That makes a Marine proud. Marines have what they call a platoon commander's notebook. They know everything about each and every Marine in their platoon, professional, personal, are they married, are they engaged, do they have any problems, what are their dreams, what are their goals. They know them inside and out. And Paul says that to his pastors. You must know your people. Get to know them thoroughly. And in this age of privacy and non-judging, it will be a challenge. But then on the other hand, we seem to vomit our whole life on social media. But as their pastor, he says, the Zalesorger, you must know them. It's good pastoral servant leadership to know your people. Know when to apply the law or gospel. Another motto of the military is to leave no man behind. So Paul in our text reminds us to leave no one without the healing balm of the gospel. He reminds them again and again that they are redeemed children of God. We do not leave them dying and drowning in the guilt and grief of their sin. We proclaim to them the forgiveness in Christ. We don't leave them in the false assurance of their works, but that God in his mercy reached down into the muck and mire of their sinfulness and made them his child. He sent Jesus for them. And then he says, pay attention to your flock. Not only their personal struggles, but there will be fierce wolves who will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Men will arise speaking twisted things. We know that the devil is working to take your people away from our Lord and Savior. You must not shy in defending your people, training them to defend themselves, to be alert and admonish everyone with tears, to commend themselves to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build them up and give them the inheritance, which is eternal life in Jesus Christ. We are in the church militant. We will be tempted to remain silent so we won't be labeled a bigot, narrow-minded, unloving, judgmental. But we do speak the truth in love regardless. They will constantly be exposed to those false teachers and dangerous doctrines. We must lead them to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the Word of God. Their salvation is at stake. And then Paul says, know yourself. Pay attention to yourselves. The Holy Spirit has made you overseer to care for his people whom he obtained with his own blood. Remember, you are a leader called by God to serve his people, pastors. The mission is always on your mind. Preach Christ and him crucified. Preach the entire counsel of God. These people have been entrusted to your care. Study hard, work hard, pray hard, and iron sharpens iron. And know your weaknesses. The devil and your enemies will know them, and you're only fooling yourself if you don't believe it. They will use what they can to discredit you, to make you lose your focus on the mission of proclaiming the gospel. Is it fear of being called those names we mentioned earlier? A bigot because you believe that marriage is between one man and woman? Judgmental because you believe that God has instituted and created us male and female? Unloving because you won't commune those who don't believe? Or is it the temptation to go click, 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 on the internet, to places where you know you shouldn't be. 
And if your people knew, well, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day. And Paul wraps it up by telling us that we need a battle buddy like him. The one who will tell us like it is. The one who will give his life to protect yours. The one who will encourage you when the going gets tough. We all need a battle buddy like Paul, who will not cease night or day to admonish us with tears and compassion and love, to hold us accountable, but to absolve us of our sins when we do fail, when we fall down, to encourage us to be servant leaders to our people. In our text, Paul's final comment to the pastors rings in our ears as well. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus. No, he himself said, it is better to give than to receive. It is better to give the gifts of Jesus, the word and sacraments. Preach Christ, forgive the penitent, help the needy, Show mercy and compassion, because this is the Lord who did it for you, who gave you eternal life through his life, death, and resurrection. So, dear brothers and sisters, know your people, know yourself, and know that it is better to give than to receive. Amen.